like me, Lee Murray, wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Hello again, Broncos country. Kev Dan here for yet another episode of the Orange Weekly post game podcast. Tanner and I are going to break down the Broncos' loss today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, really delving into what we saw from the offense, defense, and some of the more glaring issues surrounding the quarterback and offensive line problems. Of course, there are some good things to talk about, and we're going to tell you who we're giving our game balls away to and why. Uh, And also, if you are a Broncos season ticket holder and decided to give your tickets away to a Tampa Bay fan, we have uh, some words for you at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Orange Weekly Podcast. Post game podcast. Orange Weekly fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's up, Broncos country? Tanner Lee and Kev Dan coming at you again with another episode of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. We're only a few hours removed from the just abysmal loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a score of 28 to 10. At times, it felt a lot worse than that. Oh, not too many positives are going to be said tonight. We do have a couple probably, but not too many. So sit back, hold tight. Relax, get something to drink because you're probably going to need it. Like Kev Dan and I need something to drink just to get through this. A but, lot of uh, some things. <laughs> but as always, happy to be talking Broncos football with you, Kev Dan. Uh, you know, rough yeah, one today. At this point, it's like, well, yeah, at least there's football on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Right? I mean, it's like, well, we could be sitting here with no Broncos football at all. Uh, true. But. <clears throat> Oh, man. I don't know if it gets much better than that. <laughs> I was seeing something on Twitter. Somebody had a poll if the Broncos had, had, had hit rock bottom or not. I'm like, mm, uh, I don't know. It's, it feels pretty close, but maybe not yet. Oh, but it's, it's no. teetering down there. It's not rock bottom. And look, if anybody's listened to our shows or our podcast before, look, we cause it as it is. Yep. We're not going to sit here and sugarcoat. I'm not going to sit here and say, but yeah, you know. We're just, uh, you know, we're just a few player, you know, get these guys more experience. No, no. Nope. Look, here's the facts. We don't have Drew Locke. We don't have Florence yep. Sun. We don't have Von Miller. We don't have Philip Lindsay. We don't have AJ Bouye. Boye. Um, and it hurts. It's definitely hurting us, you know? Sure. Now, could we have, would that have made the difference in beating Tampa Bay? I don't know, you know? But the way this team is playing overall, uh, especially in the offense, like you still have the offensive line. We can we're going to oh, dig more God. into this in a second, but <laughs> who's hurt on the offensive line? I know you got Cushionberry, a uh, rookie on the center, but you got Wilkinson on one side and uh, Garrett Bowles on the other side. They've been there for a while. I, mm-hmm. I mean, the the offensive line has just completely fallen apart. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're missing, of course, your right tackle, Jawan James, but even last year he played a game and a half. Yeah. So he hasn't played much in the, in the system. You do have a second-year guard, Dalton Reisner, and then Graham Glasgow, free agents pickup from Detroit, who's a veteran. Right. But, yeah, you're right, and we can get more into it, but the offensive line's been such a disappointment through three weeks, just really taking some steps back. But, Absolutely terrible. But I don't know about you, but going into today, I didn't expect a lot as far as getting a W. I knew I knew the Broncos were going to have to play darn near perfect to beat Tampa Bay, who's really hasn't found their groove yet, especially mm-hmm. on offense. But they have talent all over the place. Their defense blitz more blitzes more than anybody in the league. Um, Shaq Barrett just hearing his post game comment, pre game comments, I'm like, he's got to come out for blood because he wanted he something did. to prove, and he did, and he played miraculous today. Uh, but yeah, I, but I thought it would be – I thought the Broncos would show more fight than they did today. 100%. Yeah. And uh, if anyone out there listened to our uh, pregame po- uh, show, the uh, pregame huddle, if you did it, we do that an hour before every kickoff, so join us on Thursday. Um, but I, one of the things I even said, you know, was obviously I picked the Broncos to win because, mm-hmm. you know, no, I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff, but I'm still going to pick the Broncos mm-hmm. to win. Um, but yeah, I, my score prediction was 21, 20, you know, and I thought mm-hmm. it was going to come down to a long 50 plus yard field goal for McManus. You know, um, I, I thought our defense would be able to do a little better and, you know, listen to Shelby Harris's post game, uh, press conference today. Oh, he said they were feeling good. They were, they were making stops. They were, you know, they were, they were being consistent and then they give up a big play and then they go back out there and they're like, yeah, okay, we're making some stops for, you know, and then they give up a big play, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, it doesn't really matter how the defense is doing outside of those big plays because it negates all their effort. Exactly. Absolutely. But we were talking before the show here. and I think everyone can agree that if the defense wasn't playing, you know, if, if they were playing a lot worse or even somewhat worse than they were today, this game would have been 42, 10 easy, mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were giving us a chance to stay in the game. But then we'd go three and out, three and out, three and out, yep. three and out, you know. Yep. And so they did what they could to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, you look at the box score, second half, Tampa Bay scores five points. Yeah, exactly. We, we score zero. Right. Um, and that's, that's something about the defense, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a lot of bend but don't break in them right now, yeah. if that makes sense. I mean, no, especially yeah. when it gets to the red zone, they get they really toughen up and make it tough. Um, what, what, what was maddening on the defense side of the ball was – they let a lot of easy third down conversions happen. Tampa yeah. Bay, I know on uh, one of their drives, it might have been their last touchdown of the game. They went four for four on third mm-hmm. down conversions. I think I was in the second quarter. Yeah, um, just can't have that happen. You got to get them off the field. And even when they were able to get Tampa Bay the punt, it was still around the fifty yard line to where Tampa Bay could pin us back inside the ten yard line. We could never flip the field. That, that was another frustrating part of the game that just kept happening. But. Uh, um, got exposed a little bit with the tight ends, but I mean we've been used to that. Gronkowski was used more today than he had been the previous two weeks. Yep. OJ Howard had a few catches. He had one miraculous catch, which we even had some passing interference on, and he still came up with a catch. Same thing with Miller. Uh, we did help hold Mike Evans in check, even though he had two touchdowns. He only had two catches. Yeah. But uh, Chris Chris Godwin was kind of their go-to guy today. But I mean mm-hmm. they got weapons everywhere. That's the thing. I mean, they, and then they got three backs and Jones and Fournette and McCoy, right. but they didn't do too much damage. Mm-hmm. Um, run defense, I thought, was pretty solid most of the day. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, at least they did get a few sacks on Tom Brady. I thought Shelby Harris played great, good. He had Williams with uh, the block. You know, there was yep. a, a block field Got goal. And, mm-hmm. You know, th- there were moments, you yep. know. Yeah. 
I mean, I think Shelby Harris is having a good season already. I mean, he and he knows he needs to. This is, <laughs> he's on a one-year deal with the Broncos. He wants to get paid, whether it's by Denver or by somebody else, and he's balling out so far. We just need other guys to step up their play. It was nice to see Bradley Chubb finally get a sack, a couple tackles. Maybe he's starting he's, to get yeah, his feet under him a little bit because it takes a while. I think people forget. He made a couple good plays there in the second half. Yeah, he did. Maybe he was closer to the fourth quarter, but he there were a couple times where like, oh, I'm hearing Bradley Chubb's name being called after a play and not in between plays of, why well, you know, we're we're not talking about him much except for right now because, <laughs> yep, it, it's nice to see because the Broncos need him. I mean they 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 need to put more more pressure on the quarterback and and they finally started to in the second half a little bit on Brady even if they didn't yeah. get a sack they were knocking him on his ass a little bit and because uh, yeah. he was feeling so comfortable back there for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean he had five seconds at time to throw. And if you get Tom Brady that much time, somebody's going to get open and he's going to make it pay. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't matter if a team doesn't have many weapons, you put somebody like Tom Brady on the team and I'll, I'll, all of a sudden everybody's a weapon. It's like yep. when we had pain Manning, you know, yep. and I hate to say it because FYTV, you know, yep. I can't, yep. I think we all agree easily, but that's the, that's the truth of the matter is yep. we knew what we were up against this week. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the best ever. I mean, don't like the guy, but I, I respect him and all his accomplishments. Even though I can't stand New England, but yeah, um, yeah he will pick you apart if he gets the chance. Um, I'm glad we probably won't play him ever again, unless it's in Super Bowl. And if that happens, hey, I'm all for it. Right. Bring it on. We'll play. If him we're there too with him, then yeah, then that's a t- totally different conversation. But, um, yes. So one of the things you mentioned earlier uh, was the run game. And one of the keys to success that I had for for today in our pregame show was Melvin Gordon. He really needed to have a solid game to help open up that pass game and keep the defense honest. Uh, unfortunately, he only had eight carries for 26 yards. Yeah, I'm just yards and then we had 42 in general, uh, 42 total rush yards. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, we're talking about the run defense, though. We held Ronald Jones to 53 yards, and they had a total of 68. So we held them to under yeah. under 70 yards rushing. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So our our defense held their own, um, but 42 yards for us, uh, 68 for uh, Tampa, and I, I can't ask for a much better run defense. No. But Melvin Gordon, you know, just couldn't get it going, man. No, he couldn't get it going. Um, and they kind of went away from him a couple times on short yardage situations. They d- elected to pass, which kind of made me scratch my head. There was one instance on third and two one time. Um, it might have been the play that Driscoll literally just the ball slipped out of his hand. Um, I don't know if it was that exact play. Or oh, not, but no, that didn't slip out of his hand. He just forgot he had to let go of the ball to throw it. Ball. Yeah, I know. No, it was fully like the his like, arm was I, past 90 degrees and <laughs> it was then leaving his hand. God. Slip of the hand is like if you, you know, pull the ball point. back to go through it and then it slips. This guy was like, I'm just I'm just gonna throw this as hard as I can and then forgot to let go of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so one on one mechanics, I guess. <laughs> that was that was just like holy hell, that just happened. But uh yeah, that's twenty twenty right now for the Broncos. Um <laughs> I don't want to say it couldn't get worse, but it's twenty twenty and I don't want to tempt it. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's yeah. Um, but going back to Melvin Gordon, I think if when when they get Philip Lindsay back, I think that's gonna help him a lot. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because then you got a dual threat. You know, Philip Lindsay adds that um not just the speed when it comes to the rush game, but the the um receiving ability too, uh-huh. you know, the catching running back. And they try to do it to Gordon a couple times and he couldn't do it. I think maybe he had one or something like that. Um, I can check. 
Uh, Melvin Gordon had actually, oh, okay, he had four receptions for 12 yards. But Royce threw um, that one for about, what, 20? Uh, let's see. Yeah, he had one. He had two for a total of 31 yards. Yeah. His long one was 28 yards, yeah. though. So, yeah. So, we tried, but, you mm-hmm. know, I Philip Lindsay, I think, just adds that completely different um, shifty threat. And then when you have both of them out together, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to run? Are they going to run? Are they going to pass? Adds question marks. But yep. now that he's gone, one, you just have to focus on Melvin Gordon. And mm-hmm. two, you're going to believe that he's going to run 95% of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So hopefully hopefully they get Lindsey back uh, for Thursday, the game at, at New York. Yep. Because he did practice late in the week. but That's the plan is to have him back right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll be good. So at least maybe that's something to look forward to. But. Now, I think anybody watching, we talked about this before we started recording as well, quarterback situation. I am fully in favor of just starting Ripian, Ripian, sorry. Ripping, um, I believe. Ripping. I'm still screwing it up. Yeah. Uh, Ripping. <laughs> cool. Um, when it comes to, you know, if you ask me, just dump Driscoll. Um, he's just clearly not even worth just trying to throw out there to see what he can do. Yeah, he had a one in seven uh, career record as a starter coming into this game. Now it's one in eight, of course. And he just. My biggest gripe on him, he holds onto the ball for way too long. And he's a five year vet now. He's not a rookie. Yeah. He's not in his second yeah. year. There was some, it's like, you clearly just got to get rid of the ball, throw it away. Well, and you're just holding <laughs> it for a sack. You're losing 14 yards, and all of a sudden it's third and right. 19 or whatever. Or sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm like, throw the ball away. Come on. If you're yeah. in that situation, throw it away. And then one time he was getting sacked, and he threw it right up in the middle of the air in the middle of the field. I'm like, not like that. Like, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's okay to just take the sack. Like, do I have to spell this out for you? Oh, by the way, let go of the ball when you're going to throw it. I'm just and I know there, like, these are, if you're going to throw it out, throw it to the sideline, yeah. man. I was just Chuck yelling at my TV. East and West. Yeah. God. Um, sorry. I, okay. Oh, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> it's, all, it's all 100% worthy. I mean, that's <laughs> let loose tonight. That's what it's going to be. But he was getting blitz a lot. The offensive line, we'll get into it in a little bit, played horrendous. But still, you're, you're five year. NFL five years in the league now as an NFL quarterback, get rid of the ball. I mean, that, and that's what I was happy to see when they put Rippin in and Vic Fangio after the game said the reason they put him in, he wanted to see if he could get the ball out quicker. And he did. Yeah. Yes. He threw the interception, the end zone, which was a great play by the Tampa Bay defender catching the interception that one handed. But uh, that's why I liked, he was, you know, two steps, two steps back, boom, ball was out of his hands. He wasn't, he was reading, he was making his reads. He just looked, he looked comfortable out there. It was, it was pretty impressive for the short, Short example we got out of him. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, come Thursday night, it'll probably be either number four, Brett Rippon, or number five, the newly uh, acquired Blake Bortles. Oh, the under Blake center Bortles, would be yeah. my, one of those two would be my guess. I think uh, I don't think it would be number nine, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Oh, I can't even see him. Honestly, at this point, as soon as Drew Locke comes back, cut him. Yep. You know, throw him to the practice squad. I don't care. But, you know, the, the thing with Bortles there is he was – I think he practiced on Friday – um, and then he's going to practices under his belt. Yeah. Okay. 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 Two yeah. practices. Whatever. Then you got Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think they're traveling on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So you might get a short walk through, you know, <laughs> something in the morning. So he's not going to be ready to play the players. It's, he doesn't even know half the playbook. So put him as the backup, start ripping. He's been with the team for long enough you mm-hmm. know, since at least 
he's done some preseason games what yeah a year ago last, yep he was a rookie last year so, so you know he's been with the, right he's been with the new playbook he's been practicing with this team to some degree at least the, it's not look if you're trying to get a single win throwing out Bortles out there is is a crapshoot mm-hmm. you know because one I don't think he's that good, but two, when he has been with the team, you don't know how it's going to work. At least with Rippin, you saw a little bit from today, and he's been around to the team long enough that they they know him from practices and everything. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's a lot more, I say, safer bet to going with Rippin. The interesting thing about the uh, acquisition of Blake Bortles was everybody was wondering if they're going to try to go out and get a veteran quarterback or just roll with Driscoll and Rippin until Locke can come back, and they went out and got Bortles. And this is a guy that Broncos almost signed last year mm-hmm. as a backup. So they obviously like Blake Bortles to a certain extent. Um, I don't know. I mean, haven't seen him play in a couple of years since he was in a Jacksonville Jaguar uniform. So. It wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. It wasn't. 2017 was his best year, and that's yeah. not so saying much. The lead team there and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that choked in the fourth quarter, or they would have been in the Super Bowl, which is crazy. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um I mean, I'm not real thrilled with any of the options. I want number uh, three back as soon as possible, but I also right. want to get time and stay, get come back healthy. I don't want to rush it and get hurt even worse, and then we're right. in a big conundrum. But uh, so that's the interesting thing is they didn't put him on IR exactly, and to take somebody off IR, it has to be for a minimum of three weeks. So do they think he's going to come back by that third week? Like, well, I don't understand the, I, I, it's like, I understand what they're trying to do. Like, Hey, if we can get him back sooner, let's just save the spot on the roster. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. It's just yeah. an interesting, I'm trying to read the tea leaves there. Um, and of course we just have no idea. Well, it looked like today when they, when they did a shot of him and Bortles today on sidelines, Locke was clapping. So he obviously didn't have a sling on. Yep. That was kind of encouraging. I'm like, okay, he's not wearing a sling still, which I would have to ask your brother. I don't know how long somebody wears a sling for anyways, but yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, at least he's moving around a little bit. And and he was of course into the game. Like, like I expected. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's turned into a leader and he's, he's all about the team out there. Um, but so I don't know if they're thinking, you know, of course he's going to miss New York, but then you get the long week to prepare for new England uh, I'd still say that would be pretty quick, but maybe the next week when we return home to play Miami, maybe. If not then, maybe it's the following week against Kansas City. But uh, I think that's what they said they're hoping to have him back by then. Yeah. Man, if they could get him in the game before that so that he has a game to warm up versus throwing him out cold for the first time against Kansas City. Yeah, if they could uh, get him against Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So get him, get him a game in there. So for those of you who don't know, our, my brother, who's on this, uh, who's part of Orange Weekly as well as our uh, um, wait, medical, medical, yeah. kind of, our medical expert. Right. He's yeah. an athletic trainer. That's mm-hmm. the phrase I'm looking for. Yeah. And so he has all that, uh, that knowledge there. And so the injury that Drew Locke has, it's more of a pain management. And, you know, having that two to six week time frame, normally another player that's not a quarterback could come back sooner. But when you're talking about one, it's your throwing arm yeah. and talking about accuracy and all that stuff, it's, it's not just pain management, but it's also, can you control the ball properly? Can you throw it properly? Or are you going to be put in a position where we're getting turnover, turnover, you know, 
incomplete pass and complete pass kind of situation. So to see him, I saw that too, to see him down there kind of moving around a little bit. Uh, that's good. And give him what next two weeks, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really like to hope that uh, he's on that. Yeah. And he's a younger guy too. You know, yep. he's not, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning at an older age where those things really linger. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I know we're kind of getting off track here and going down the line, but the, impo- I mean, w- yeah, getting Drew Locke back is going to be a huge look. Yeah. We don't have Cortland son. Hopefully by then, obviously we'll have Philip Lindsay back. Those two additions right there of Locke and Lindsay, I think would really be what, what helps this mm-hmm. kicks this offense into gear and backs up the defense with their, I'd say a- above average performance, not amazing, mm-hmm. but, gives them some breathing room. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think a positive takeaway today is no injuries, or at least no major injuries um, that we know of. Right. right. So what like, happened? Ooh, really? It was like kind of a small win there. Well, um, it's like, who else do we have to get hurt? Well, don't, 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 don't you say that. <laughs> nope. Nope. I'm just talking about in big name players and starters. Like, Still, I mean, at this back. point, there's, there's I'm taking you back. That. There, there are other on the team, um, but <laughs> but one one last point I want to make on the off about the offense before we get it talking about the offensive line is I did think a few of the wide receivers played well today. I I was happy to see Tim Patrick score a touchdown and get out and have a couple catches. We need somebody to step in that Cortland Sutton role. Sure, nobody's going to be Cortland Sutton. You can't just you know fill in. You can't fill his shoes. I mean, he's our number one wide receiver for a reason. But it was nice to see Tim step up and catch some balls and make some big plays. I thought Jerry Judy looked good out there. KJ caught a few balls. I thought Noah Fant kind of had a rough day. He, he did have a couple catches, but he had a couple drops. Yeah. Some weren't the best throwing balls, but still probably should have been caught. Um, so I, I did think it was it was his most rough outing of the year so far because right. coming into the day, and, and even after today, I still think he's their offensive MVP so far. Um, but other than that, there wasn't a lot of great things to – Right. I ran on the offensive side of the ball. So I think at some point, because we were targeting Noah Fan a lot, especially mm-hmm. in that second sure. half. And it got to the point where they, uh, what they almost picked off um, Fan there on one of the throws. Yeah. Uh, barely yep. hit the ground. At that point, it's like, dude, they know you're going to go yeah. to Noah Fan. They're swarming him. That's yep. why the guy was in such per- perfect he's position. The, they knew he was the first read. He's but, the, he's yeah. always the first read, you know? And so Jerry Judy did have five receptions for 55 yards. Uh, he had to have that long one of 22. Now, the interesting thing looking at these numbers is while we had 229 receiving yards, uh, Tampa had 279 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the numbers there in terms of receiving yards wasn't, it wasn't too different. No, it was just, well, you also take away that first drive that, you know, for, um, for Tampa where they started on our 10 yard line and got the touchdown right away. So, but even then, like the numbers aren't too drastically different. It just came down to one team was really moving the ball and being smart and being able yep. to control the clock and field position. Yep. Uh, and that's what killed us. And they hit a couple of big plays, which is something Listen, the pregame, Vic Fangio said, you know, we got to come out. We got to hit some big plays. Didn't even look like we really tried for any big plays. I don't know, really remember taking any deep shots. I could be wrong. but I want to say I remember one, yeah, maybe. I tried one on third down to Jerry Judy. Which I think he was third and short, and I'm like, it was way out of his range. Why are we doing that? Sidelines, he had two people covering him anyway. So, so it's when I, catch. those things are funny, and I know I sound like, uh, I don't know. 
I don't want to sound demeaning. I, I sound like a regular fan, I guess, or maybe it's one of those things where you got to keep in perspective of, yeah, that pass, like third and short or whatever. Why the hell did we do that? But if it had worked, I'd be like, oh, that's such yeah. an amazing play call, right? Mm-hmm. But it just, it's, it's like we're having so much trouble moving the ball. And I get we want to try to open up the field, you know, but maybe do that on a first down, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it goes back to if something like that risk. Uh, that they risk, they risk take reward, yeah. right, and sometimes they're like, "Oh, that was such amazing." When it doesn't work, like that is such a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But just, it's just trying to keep it in perspective is tough. It, it is, it is. It's it's just maddening because it just feels like, and, and I know Drew's hurt right now. It just feels like we're in the exact same situation we've been in four years in a row, and I'm tired of seeing this damn quarterback carousels. Thank God, uh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it today. Another one. But but they had a list up there that we've had the most starting quarterbacks since started 2016. I'm like, Ugh. it's just depressing. It's like we gotta we gotta yeah. figure it out. But yeah. but I know that's another discussion for another day. But uh let, let's go ahead and start talking about the offensive line. Oh God. <laughs> go for hold it. on I need to go take a couple shots. <laughs> We're going to pause. I'm just kidding. We're not going to pause. So I don't even know, like, you know, with Mike Munchak, this is not the type of performance I would expect to see from the offensive line. You know, how many holding panels do we have? I know Garrett Bowles was one of them, which we're going to be a lot more critical of him, but there were three or four. Glasgow had two. Um, I don't think I had any, but. And I get it. You're allowing all these sacks, but when you add the, the holding penalties on top of that, mm-hmm. you're just shooting your, yourself in the foot twice. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there going, this can't be a Mike Munchak coached offensive line oh. because this is, I, I know Broncos have historically had a, a not great or a bad offensive line uh, and players like Peyton Manning could cover for that. Right. Sure. But this is way worse than I've seen yeah. in the past. I can't remember an offensive line for us looking this bad no, no. ever. And I thought week one, they looked, Decent against uh, the Titans, but the last two weeks getting up seven sacks against Pittsburgh, five sacks against Tampa. It's like, guys, like your quarterback's getting killed back there. I mean, so I can't remember who said it in our chat, our group chat here. Um, but one of us, I think it was Ray or Jared. You know, here's the here's the trick for beating the the Broncos offense: blitz, 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 yep. blitz. It's going to draw penalties. It's going to get sacks. We're not going to be able to adjust. That's the thing. Yep. We cannot seem to adjust. No. And so you blitz five or six. There are, there are one or two plays where I even saw it, you know. They they uh, tipped their hand a little too early. They showed their hand a little too early, and three guys started coming down. And it's like, this is going to be a blitz because this is what they've been doing all game. Uh-huh. And and it's like, change it to a run, change it to something. But uh-huh. you just stand there and, ah. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. at some point I'm able pre- to predict what's going to happen. If I can predict what's going to happen, come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's getting really predictable. And, and you're, and you're right. I, I didn't see Driscoll ever get up there and switch the play. I mean, I mean, I'm no coach or anything. We're right, football. Right. I don't want to say I'm a football guru, but I, I didn't see him go up the line. And, and that's one thing I noticed right away when Rippon was in there, he was going up and he, he was pointing out uh Winfield number 31, the safety for, Tampa, who had been blitzing a good majority mm-hmm. of the game, he was pointing them out right there to the left. It's like, wow, like that's yep. that's a breath, breath of fresh air just to see that right there. Something simple, yeah. Um, just yeah. gotta have guys take command. I mean, this is just 
there's no excuse for the performance today of the offensive line. And that's kind of what Graham Gas- Glasgow was saying after this game. He kind of said this was underwhelming performance, and he, he was right. So, I mean, even when we get Drew Locke back and Philip Lindsay, you know, I can't expect things to really, yeah, Drew Locke, I can't really expect things to improve too dramatically if the offensive line continues to perform at that level. No, if the offensive line doesn't get better, this team's not going to win too many games. No. Just flat out. You you can't get a run game going. You can't get a passing game going. You're going three and out, three and out, getting sacked, sacked, sacked. We're we're still waiting. I mean, we, we haven't scored a lot of points yet through three weeks. I mean, we're still waiting. For that to click, and uh, yeah. if the line play doesn't improve, we're not going to score a lot of points. Just no, no. It, it is like it is Manning. Today was just, yeah, this is about the worst offensive line performance I can recall in the last five years. And you know, last there. week's too, and it's just like what? Wh- I know we played. Two I'm not games, a coach, but I don't care about that. Like, yeah, and it's just it's like I know I'm not the coach, but I'm mm-hmm. sitting here. I'm like, how is it this glaring of an issue between two different games and? Yep. There is zero change. There's zero performance increase. It's like they went out there and played the exact same way the week before. And I'm saying like, we were also Mike Munchak is supposed to be, and I, I still believe he is the best offensive line coordinator and assistant coach out there. So what is the disconnect between uh-huh. these players and the coach? You know, I get it. Cushionberry is a, is a rookie in center and trying to call the the plays for the offensive line. I, I get it to a degree, but this is just horrendous, and I don't want to keep harping on it, but the fact of the matter is, you know, however many 20 different ways we want to break it down, at the end of the day, we don't score points. It doesn't matter how good our defense does. One, they're going to be out there the vast majority of the time, and I think I had uh, the time on field out there a little bit ago. I can pull that up, but, um, you know, uh, right here. So so possession, uh, Tampa Bay had 33 minutes. We had 27 minutes. Um so I guess not too big of a difference there, but it's just – I don't know, man. That, that's got to change. Yeah, and, and the difference between those, Tampa Bay might be on the field a little bit longer, but they got points. We did. Yeah, exactly. Even when we were on the field for a long time getting first downs, we never converted. Into it was balls. those big plays. They were able to move the ball really quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had all ten of our points in the second quarter. Yep. Nothing yep. third and fourth, so – yeah, so, maddening, maddening effort on offense. But if if I had to give a game ball to anybody off the offense side of the ball, I'm going to give it to Tim Patrick today. Yeah, he he made some really solid plays out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's very warranted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I was happy to see it because I I think he's a solid player, and we did, just didn't see too much of it the first two weeks. But now without Cortland out, he's he's got to step his game up, and and he yeah. did that today. I thought he played pretty well. He did. Uh, I completely agree. That's not a name I was expecting to hear much today, but uh, you know, he, he stepped up, like you said, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go back to another negative. <laughs> yeah, I tried to warn everybody. There's gonna one, be more negatives. <laughs> one, of, one of my keys of the game was Justin Simmons really needed to be on his a game, but he just got smoked a couple times. He did, And I'm just sitting there like, he did. how did you let that one go through? And I get it. Tom Brady put the ball, you know, on a dime. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're Justin Simmons. You're asking asking us for all this money. This is a game where we we're facing Tom Brady. We know what they're going to do. They're going to throw, and if they're throwing your direction, I expect them to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but you that wasn't gonna, the case. You knew they're going to pick on Josie Jewell with the tight ends, but that's yeah. where the yeah. have to come up and help. And the didn't have a very good day today, especially Justin. Now, 
uh, you know, I wasn't giving Omuji a crap, but I was just saying you know, throughout this whole last week that he's what I'm thinking who they're who they're going to pick on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I really didn't see. I think he even had a pretty good play at some point, a yeah, really good run stop. You one time to stop him on. Uh, third. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it was. I really, but I didn't. I didn't see him really blowing player, any coverages. No, I thought he played better. He played better today than he did last week. And at, at this point, a rookie corner who's only starting his third game—that's all you can ask for. Improvement yeah. every week, week to week. And, and I think by the end of the season, we're gonna look back and like this guy's gonna be a really solid player. It's just 100%. unfortunately we're gonna put up with the growing pains until AJ Boye comes back. But yeah. No, I thought he played well. Uh, I didn't see anything bad out of Bryce Callahan today. I know he had a few tackles. Yeah, he did. He made a good couple stops. I mean, I mean, yeah, I thought Justin was the kind of the guy, unfortunately, that you could kind of pick out today that did, didn't seem to be all well, for some reason. I just figured he'd be the guy that we could count on, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And not saying that he played in a horrendous game yeah. or anything, but they're just some of those big players where I'm just like, you let that one go by you? Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> – yeah, just you just expect that. I mean, you expect him to be in the right, right, the right place at in the right time. And he was. It wasn't like he was two yards away or anything. No, but it just the place he normally <sighs> we got accustomed to him making. He just didn't make today. You know, and that's the kind of player when we're in this position with so many starters out. You know, he should be that team leader. That's. Yep. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm completely ripping on him, but I was just disappointed. I was like you're the one that I thought was going to hold this together and prevent some of those big plays. Mm-hmm. And there was at least one, if not two, that he totally just, they got past him. And I was, mm-hmm. it was, I was just shaking my head. I was like, who can we count on? Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. no Von Miller, no, no AJ Boye, mm-hmm. you know? <sighs> yep. got to have guys step up. Um, and that's like, I know I've mentioned this already. That's why I was just happy to see Shelby Harris play the way he did today. Yeah. He definitely yeah. gets my game ball on the defense side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, pass deflection, two sacks. Um, I don't know. He just has the motor. I mean, on, on, on one of those sacks in particular, Brady was back there for a long time, but Shelby didn't give up on the play. He just kept fighting and fighting and finally um, shed the guy off him and went and got him because Brady can't – I mean, he's never been able to move very well out of the pocket, but he really can't move right now with his old age even side to side very well. So uh, I, mm-hmm. I was happy to see him play well, and uh, and like we mentioned, holding the Tampa Bay rush ga- rush game, all, all three running backs combined under seventy yards. That's a winning formula right there. But mm-hmm. but unfortunately, I, I I thought going coming into this game, we needed to at least get two tur- turnovers on Tampa, and we came okay. away with zero turnovers. Yeah, so. well, we just weren't putting any pressure on no. anyone, you know. No. We, we weren't it, even close to getting an interception today. We we no. didn't force them to throw a bad ball, really. Mm-hmm. Or and, a bad ball to give us a chance. I think in the third quarter, I was sitting there, and I'm like, it looks like these guys, like Tampa is just out there playing a fun Thanksgiving, you know, yeah, family cool. game of touch football. Yeah, it's like snap the ball, and, and uh, Tom Brady is like, oh, look, you know, here, I'm just going to toss this over to you. And he's like, okay, cool, I caught it, I'm just going to. <laughs> I was like, they don't, they don't look like they're even really trying. No, that, that was, and that's what hurt me. I'm like, it looks like yeah. they're just kind of going through the motions and they're smoking us. I, I want to get the fire and the, and the intensity back. It just seems like we don't have that. No. Um, you know, it's, it's infuriating when, and I'm glad Shaq Barrett's having all the success. I, yeah. I, he was a good yeah. Bronco. He bet on himself. I'm happy it's working out for him. But after he got that safety, he did that little rev it up dance kind of mocking Bradley Chubb. I'm like, yeah. now we got guys coming into our house mocking us mm-hmm. and we can't even punch them back. Yep. Mm, 
where what has went i mean we know where it went wrong but <laughs> ready for it to turn around you know i know we're all being patient because i do think there's light at the end of the tunnel eventually yeah oh yeah it, it's hard to be patient <laughs> yeah it's you know we're sitting here and we're not too many hours moved from the game so we're oh, all pretty oh, passionate yeah. still you know and, and we don't have all the the specific numbers and data and you know some breathing room so and it's okay we can all be passionate but yeah. I'm I'm really trying to keep this in perspective. This is the uh-huh. youngest offense yeah. in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Colin, and I'm not making fun of or talking down to anyone who says we need to fire the coach or get rid of Drew Locke because he's a bust because he's injury prone. Look, this is Fangio's second year of head coaching. Okay. He's not going to be perfect. We have a brand new offensive coordinator. We're missing what? Five starters, mm-hmm. five big name starters. He can only do so much. He's not the one that went out and got that punt blocked, you know? No. Um, It's going to take, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, And I, and I still think Vic does a great job of the defense. Just my, my, uh, Mm -hmm. my frustrations with Vic sometimes is more of the game management, time management, things like that. But when it comes to offensive play calls, that's Shermer. Yeah. Throwing on third and two, that's his call. That's not Vic's call. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, maybe exactly. Vic has the power to override him, I'm sure. But I think yeah, he did that a couple times last year to Scangarillo. But I think he's letting Shermer kind of – that's his offense. You know, this yeah. is more of a veteran guy. Scangarillo wasn't really a veteran offensive mm-hmm. coordinator calling plays. So. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's still – it's still new for everybody. But uh, we are going to enter week four here. And that's kind of where everybody thought, okay, the sloppiness should be kind of cleaned up by the fourth week without any preseason or a long camp or anything. So. Yeah. You know, when you look at these teams we're playing, they don't have, you know, players like three, Vaughn Miller three, and Portland sign off for the season, three, you know, three good teams that should all three be in the playoffs. Now yeah. coming up Thursday, we're going to play arguably the worst team in the NFL. It could, it's probably either the Jets or Giants, both in New York right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Still, the NFL, you got to come to play every every week. And, we, and the Broncos struggle uh, on the, they've been struggling the last few years on the East Coast or anywhere in the Eastern time zone. Um, and it's a short turnaround Thursday night mm-hmm. game. So, uh, yeah. Hopefully, they, they got them ready. And, and, and you mentioned the block punt. And that's why I want to talk about special teams. Special teams just wasn't there today. Did we have any really good? I didn't see any punts that were just like, oh, man, that really gave us some breathing room. Any boomers today? Um, but yet again, a lot of times we were punting from oh, yeah. 20 or inside our own 20. So even if you hit the good one, right, get clear down there. But yeah, it just that pump vanilla. The tone. I I was watching the game with a buddy of mine, and I he's not a Bronco fan, but I uh, told him I don't remember the last time the Broncos had a pump blocked. It's been no. a while. No. Um, but the special teams just hasn't been as crisp as we'd like yet through three games. But. I just that's just another glaring issue that we've had for years. You it, know? Is, it is, and that, that and that's frustrating. Like, why aren't these issues getting cleaned up? They mm-hmm. just keep constantly getting yep. worse, or at least staying at the same level week to week to week. And it's yeah. like, man, but it's but, um. did hit a fifty-six yard field goal. That was nice to see him. Yeah, because he always has the leg. But he seems to hook it or push it once in a while. But it was nice to see him. That one's down the middle. That one would have been good from 65. Easy. And that's, you know, I think, unfortunately, when it comes to us possibly winning any games or, what you know, in the game-winning situations we're in, we're going to need him to kind of be that solid, long field goal guy, you know. And I mean, we gave him a four-year contract extension. <laughs> 
you don't see teams do that very often with kickers nowadays. And so when we have opportunity at points, we're um, depending on them to come through. I mean, I mean, this offense, at least right now through three weeks, they're not going to produce tons of points. So when we have an opportunity to get points on the board, we need to get them on the board. Mm -hmm. We're not good enough right now to let points, let opportunities to get points slip away. Yeah. Whether exactly. It's a zone or, or a field goal opportunity. We yeah. got to capitalize. You know, the game there at the end of the second, um, at the end of half, what was it, 23 10? Yeah. You know, we weren't out of it. No, you I, know. I was happy. I, I looked at my buddy when we were down 23 um, 3, and I said, The Broncos need a score here. I'll feel okay at half because they're still in striking distance, mm-hmm. even though they don't get the ball after, after, kick, after uh, the second half kickoff. But we went down, and, and that's when Driscoll, that was his best drive of the day easily. I mean, he got in rhythm. I think he went mm-hmm. one incompletion on that drive. I'm like, okay, he's getting in rhythm. Second half, when we got the ball, we made the punt, we get the ball back. Nah, it didn't. Yep. Not in rhythm at all. And we gave up the safety also in the third quarter. That kind of flipped yep. around. But I wasn't surprised. No. <laughs> Unfortunately. Get on. You knew it was coming soon. Um yeah. And I, I was honestly only surprised that we uh, threw one intercept. Well, he threw one interception. We ended up throwing two as a team, but because with the with the pressure, I thought he was just going to even throw more than that. But right. just an ugly performance out of the Broncos. I mean, you can't grade it in anything other than an F overall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Though, I mean, you could break down side by side. The defense, I don't think it's an F, but overall effort. C minus. C yeah. at best. Scoring 10 points, you know, not getting any turnovers. Just second half, never really second half defense. I'd give maybe even a B. Yeah, you know they held them to five points in the entire second half. Yeah. A Tom Brady offense. Yeah, yeah. You know, so whatever Fangio, yes, I'm going to give props there, Fangio, for the adjustment. Yeah, I'm a Fangio fan, so I'm a Fangio yeah. fan. So I'm, I'm well, you know, there are people out there. And I get it. We're all impatient. We're Broncos fans. We expect wins. Well, and we went through, and we're just tired of going through coaching changes. We've gone through so many. We can't keep doing that. No, we can't. You can't you can't keep rotating every two years. In you know, I know I'm kind of getting on a tangent here, but it goes back to unfortunately Gary Kubiak's health situation. I think he was going to be the guy for a handful of years, a good handful of years, and it, it was going on the right track with him. And then we so went downhill from there. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think a lot of Broncos country are still pissed off we didn't go with Kyle Shanahan and we went with Vance Joseph. But yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it happened, and here's where we're at. But at the bottom, end of the day. It's the youngest offense in the NFL. Yes, sir. Yep. This is brand new offensive coordinator yep. for the team. We have all these injuries. We are not John Elway is not going to fire Vic Fangio halfway this season, even at the end of the season. He's going to give him a third full year. See how he does with his team as it builds over the course of three years. How does he handle this situation with all these injuries going through? You know, can we find a way to turn things around? Uh, how does he do in his third year? Now, if it's still looking terrible at the end of the third year, now we have a conversation. But mm-hmm. even then, you're talking about another coaching staff changeover because the offensive coordinator is going to be gone. All these other coaches are going to be gone. We're going to start from scratch. And now if you're talking about, well, we need to draft another quarterback and start him, well, now you're starting us back another wow. one to two years behind from where we are now. Yeah, and not to say Drew Locke's the guy, yeah. but we don't know what his potential is. He's played seven games. That's what we have to find out this year. That's what's frustrating about his injury. We have to find that out this year. And maybe he is a bust, Yeah, but it's not worth 
starting from scratch over again just no. because and red cloud i'm i don't know if red cloud's going to be listening he probably will be because he's one of our bigger supporters been here for you know since the beginning so him and i have been going back and forth about so i'm not red cloud if you're listening i'm not trying to attack you I just <laughs> this is this is where we're at you know and there are very good arguments for you sure. know moving on from these people but at the end of the day where i'm seeing this is why are we going to set ourselves back one or two years from where we are right now and, and really i'm and i'm not trying to go too far in the future, but I kind of want to piggyback off what you're saying. If, mm-hmm. if Fangio, if it doesn't end up well this year and then he comes back next year and doesn't end up well that year, we might be looking at a new general manager too. Cause I think Elway's contracts up after next year. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oh, think so. Next year. Maybe he doesn't come back. I mean, you already know, or maybe the upper and, and I know that's, it's really tough when you have legends within mm-hmm. the organization working for the organization, because more times than not, there's going to be a, unhappy split at the end and he's done a good job you know two afc titles and super bowl title can't ask for much more than that but sometimes mm-hmm. there comes a time well it's better for both parties to split so, maybe if all that if, if we don't have good rest season this year and then bad season next year then maybe it is time for a fresh face but also it goes to who's gonna be the owner they gotta figure that out too that, that's what i was just gonna say is there are so many issues yeah. not just with the coaching staff or the players right. this is it's it's bigger picture it's it comes it's coming from the top down yep you know the the bolins are fighting for control they're fighting <laughs> amongst each other right now you know and i think that's yeah if that's still going on three years from now which it probably will be the trust is still going to be in place i wouldn't be surprised if at some point the trust tries to sell the team because it's yep. every they have every right to do that but then there's going to be you know lawsuits against that yep. and injunctions and everything so that's going to get drug out and in the meantime yeah. i don't see them moving on from john elway you know yeah but I guess I was kind of saying maybe John just decides. Eh, yeah, it, I've done it it's it's time for somebody else to because because I've seen it too. I've seen you know live in the state of Indiana. I've seen Larry Bird do that with the Pacers. He mm-hmm. kind of came, his contract came up because ah, somebody else. I've done everything I can. So. Mm-hmm. so there's so yeah there's this whole conversation. I know it's supposed yeah, to be the, the post game, but but, <laughs> but no, this really does where we're at right now really centers around all of this extra stuff mm-hmm. um, and just these external, I don't say external things, but bigger picture things, you mm-hmm. know, and at some point there's only so much, there is so much the, the coach can do. There's so yep. much the players can do, yep. you know, and resetting every one to two years is not doing anything for any team. So you look at, you look at the solid teams out there. They have had coaches in place for a long time. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you look at uh, Belichick, you know, he started with the Browns and he didn't do very well with the Browns at all. And they let him go and look what he turned out to be. Yeah. So, and he's kept his staff intact. Yeah. Mc- Josh McDouche has been there for years. Uh, <laughs> yep. For years. Uh, I mean, he's lost some other guys to head coaching opportunities, but a lot of those guys stayed there for a long time. Mike Tomlin, the Pitt Steelers have a three coaches in 50 exactly. years, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Reid's been in Kansas City for a good amount of time now. I mean, the, yeah. um, Harbaugh's been in Baltimore for a long time now. Yeah, I mean, the, the good teams, you're right, they don't change head coaches too often. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos have been on a trend of doing it every two years the last six years. Essentially, essentially. So, look, it, it's – it's three games in the season, you know, just like when that first touchdown happened today at the, in the first couple minutes after that block punt, mm-hmm. there's lots of game left to be played. You know, we get some of these players back. We, we tweak the offensive line and they start performing better. And, and no, there's, we're at least competitive in pretty much all of these games. I'm not saying we're going to win all of them, but we're at least in the conversation, you know, mm-hmm. people aren't going to write us off. So, um, 
it's just this looking forward. There's a lot of questions to be answered um, from the top down. Uh, and there's, there's some promise there, you know, I don't think Drew Locke is a bust. I don't think Fangio is going to end up being a bust of a coach, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but we got to give these guys to all come together, really continue to build this team through the draft. Like John Elway has been mm-hmm. uh, doing pretty good the last several years. Uh, so we keep doing that. We get these guys experience. We keep adding uh, tools to the off uh, to the roster and, you know, three, four years from now, I know that's a long time away, but this is a team that could be good year in and year out for years to come. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we have to sit here through the growing pains. And it's easy. It's easy to say that. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm also just sitting here heart, you know, my soul hurts. Sure. <laughs> There's not enough alcohol in the world to fix this. Mm-hmm. My soul hurts. <laughs> yep. And we've seen it with other teams, even within the city of Denver. Look at the Avalanche. They rebuilt. Yep. They're young. Now they're going to be, they're in position to be good for years to come. Look at the Nuggets. They're going to be good for years to come. So you got to, you got to take your lump sometime. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all see the Broncos have a lot of young talent. So it's mm-hmm. going to come together, but it's just, can we withstand everything else? Yep. And be patient enough to let it come together. Um, I, I'm going to be here. I think you're yep. going to be here. I yep. think no, most absolutely. people will be. I'm never leaving, but uh, yeah. just, I just want to see them be more competitive than today. That just sort of pissed me off. It just, I, I can, I'd never want to lose, but I can take losses if it's like the prior two weeks where they fought and clawed and were really close, you know, play here, play there, play here, mm-hmm. play there wouldn't have made a difference today. It was, we needed 10 plays here or there. Yeah, exactly. So, so and, but I think we got a perfect opponent coming up. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, and so, yeah, Jets coming up and I don't yeah. want to step on you. There's just one last big thing mm-hmm. that doesn't have to do with the team. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, the way they're selling tickets this year is through season ticket holders get entered into lottery and you can go through and you, you can offer somebody to go in and, and buy tickets mm-hmm. in your name. Right. But mm-hmm. the Broncos season ticket holders are the ones that have oh, the yeah. ability to buy games. Mm-hmm. So who out there is letting tickets be bought by the opposing fans? Exactly. Yeah. I, if you're listening to this, don't message me because I am so mad at you. You're sh- you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you should be. You know you have control. Fans. Yeah. There's no reason for other fans. I don't care how best of friends they are. Nope. If they're from the opposing team and we only have a certain – nobody is going on Ticketmaster and buying these. These are season ticket holders who are offering tickets to other fans. Yeah. Okay. Rant over. I no, just – I saw I'm that and I'm – that up because there's no, reason there's no reason for that. I don't like opposing fans ever coming in any year, but right. I can understand it when it, the stadium's full. You're going to get somebody. Yeah, when you're allowing 6,000 or whatever it is. Yeah, that was ridiculous when I saw that. I, I made a stink about it right away. And my friend's like, what? Everybody's got to, you know, the, everybody's allowed to go to games. I'm like, yeah, but that's not this is different. This is, they're only allowed in the season ticket holders. Like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm pissed about because somebody. I don't want to go to the game. Multiple somebody's. Bob, Bob's a good buddy of mine. He's been a Tampa Bay fan for years. He wants to see Tom Brady play. I'm going to give him tickets. Yeah, I'm glad mm. you brought that up. because mm. Don't care. Don't care. You should have gone when he was with the Patriots and came <laughs> to Denver. Nope. Nope. Not not now. We <laughs> only have to come back here when somebody else is their quarterback. I don't care. So When, when you can go on Ticketmaster and buy tickets – Open open tickets to the public, fine. Sure. Yeah, whatever. In this case, yep. no. If you're a season ticket holder, you're listening to this, and you did this last time, 
bat. No, yeah, <laughs> Stop the, your wrist yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was bullshit. I, I saw that on camera today with the the person oh. with a flag. I'm like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> who left them in there? Because you know it's somebody who has season tickets. Nope, and- nope, sir. I think you got symptoms. We we cannot let you in here. I think you I think you got symptoms. You gotta got to go away. So. I'm just saying Halloween's coming up, and Halloween has been known as a time to go egg people's houses. So uh, not threatened. I'm saying that I would do it, but, you know, if if you were to be found out uh, may, and your house got eggs, maybe you deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, then, somebody out there is going to be like, how dare you just said that? Well, well, well. You know, come, come <laughs> on, the Chiefs or the Raiders at home, there better not be any yeah. of those fans in there. But you yeah. probably will be. But probably will be. be. Um, yeah. Shame on you! <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're ashamed of you. You should feel bad tonight. You should feel you should feel bad, and you're a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> how how can you look yourself in the mirror right now? Come on, God. But uh, I am. Glad I we're still here. have like six years on the wait list at least for my season tickets. So yeah. you, know. you know how many fans I'm like opposing teams fans. I'm going to give those tickets to. Don't care. Go find your tickets somewhere else. These are mine. <laughs> Broncos fans only. Exactly how it should be. But uh, got the Jets coming up Thursday night. Quick turnaround. Like I said, that if there's any time to play the Jets, it's now. We need a win. Yep. Don't even want to think about losing that game. I'm not going to think about it because then that brings up a whole another array of what the hell is going on. Yeah. Uh, questions and yeah, it'll be a it'll be a well. Just here's a fair warning. If we lose the Jets, you think this post game was negative and. Just off, you haven't seen nothing yet. So, because Adam Gase might get fired if we beat them. That's why I was reading today on Twitter. The Jets are really looking like they're, they're concerned. Yeah. If we can beat him, that might be the last one. I would think it would be hilarious because no. he was a great office coordinator for us, but the way he ended things, him and Elway, it was very rocky. He was kind yeah. of an ass about it. So I think it, to come full circle, that would be kind of funny. I think so. Um you know, and to be a, a coach in the NFL, like if you suck, you get fired and get hired by somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, with him, this is a second go around. Miami, uh, somebody will hire him as a coordinator or something. Somewhere. He might never be a head coach again, but he could probably nah. be a coordinator. He'll get a job somewhere. Yeah, oh, that would be funny. I would yeah. find that hilarious. I just think he's a weird dude, anyways. But I think there's real promise. Uh, obviously, I don't want to step on the pregame podcast uh, too much, but there's promise. Um, I'm not counting us out to that game at all. Um, It'll be a close game, I think. But, of course, we'll have to hear about that more as we get closer to uh, Thursday. Yep, we'll find out who's on center under center probably tomorrow, if not tomorrow, Tuesday. Oh, it'll be tomorrow. Yeah. They got to find it quick. It's a quick turnaround. So, any other final thoughts before you plug? Yeah, I think uh, to start doing some plugs here. So as you guys know, we got a ton of stuff here at Orange Weekly uh, between this post-game podcast and the pre-game podcast. Uh, we also got a new show called Ragers, if you want to follow that, alongside Orange Weekly on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, great show if you want to learn more about sports betting uh, and even if you don't want to bet on the game, you're just interested in hearing what the uh, the betting lines are for the day or for the game. Ray does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I think he's in the positive this season so far. He, he definitely knows who he's talking about. He's been doing this for a long time. Um, and he has no, he doesn't just bet for the Broncos because of the Broncos. Like he'll, he'll really break it down and tell you what bets he's picking and why, and, and explain to you and help teach you along the way. So, 
make sure you check out Ragers. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them at tw- uh, on Twitter at Ragers. Uh, so listen for that. Like I said, follow all of our podcasts, um, or at any of those podcast po- uh, spots. And if, if you guys really want to help out, please give us that five-star review it means a lot. That's what really helps us more than anything out. And, you know, uh, we're, we're doing this for fun. We're doing this for you guys. We love doing it, interacting with the fans, doing this to help you, you know, give you a chance to, to log into our, our live shows and talk with us because look, I'll be honest, I'll call out other shows. We're the only ones that haven't are based on being interactive. Uh, so you guys send us a message on Facebook. Tell us if there's something you want to hear on these podcasts or do different on our shows, wherever the case is, we are 100% here to interact with you guys and bring you the best content possible. We're not paid by some big organization that's telling us what to do. Uh, so and that's fun of it. I mean, I mean, we all yeah. HR's company, but we, we have a group message. We talk Broncos football all the time. So we want to hear from you guys. We want yeah. to interact with you guys. That's what's fun. I get sick of talking to Jared after a while. So, you know, I want to talk to other fans. Jared, this was all kept in. My hands are clean. (laughs) He's just the one I picked on. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so check us out, guys. Uh, Give us a review on Facebook if you don't mind. Follow us on Instagram, um, Twitter. Uh, But yeah, we have all the stuff for you guys. Make sure you follow or check out our pregame shows, our halftime shows. Uh, Monday night, we got Orange Weekly After Dark with Jason. So that's normally 10 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, and then Tuesday, our Bourbon Broncos No BS show, 7 p.m. Mountain Time every Tuesday. And October 11th is the next time we're going to be at Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock, Colorado. Dave and I will be there calling that Broncos game. Uh, and then also, don't forget to, if you have any insurance needs and you're looking to either uh, get some quotes or you're looking for some uh, specific insurance, check out uh, Centennial State Insurance Agency. They are a small, um, long-lasting insurance agency, so they're not like the the big guys. You're gonna have to wait on hold, and you'll get somebody that maybe cares about your situation or not. These guys are incredibly friendly. They care about you, and they don't want to just get your money. So give them a call three zero three eight three eight zero five five four. Uh, find them on Facebook as well. Centennial State Insurance Agency. Those guys are fantastic. So uh, appreciate all of their support. Uh, Color Cork and Keg and Centennial State. Uh, and Tanner, you're great as well. But I think it's time for maybe some game balls. Yeah, game balls. Let's do it. You first, good sir. All right. Um, I got three game balls to give out. Let's go with Tim Patrick on offense. Shelby Harris on defense. And I'm going to give one to Brandon McManus. Oh, you stole that one from me. <laughs> hey, you can have the same game ball. I don't care. Well, no, no, he doesn't get two. That one, get two. That one. Uh, I do think I think Noah Fan deserves one. He had some, okay. some drop passes, but he was basically the number one wide receiver. You know, they were really going to him, and he did make some good plays. You know, especially uh, in the in the second half there. Um, you know, without Corlin Sutton and some of the other injuries, um, you know, it, it sucks. We only had so many options, but I think Fanton definitely stepped up there. Um, also, Shelby Harris, I mm-hmm. think he definitely deserves one. I don't think you said his name. Um, he's a, a great asset for today's game. Um, I think those are really the only two. You know what? Let's give one to Bradley Chubb. He's he's stepping up. He made some big plays, you like know, that. and so I think that's definitely – he definitely deserves it. So those are my three. I like it. I had to think on the spot because you took McDanis from me. Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of good options this week. I really had to think about it. <laughs> After Thursday night's game, we'll have a lot more options to pick from. So, yeah, 100%. But uh, 
we'll be back next week and hopefully talking about our first W because Kevin Dan, and I know I don't want to end, end this on a sour note, but I read this. I'm like, oh my God. We're this is back to back season. We've started 0-3. It's the first time in franchise history that's happened. I'm I'm already crying on the inside, and I'm so close to crying on the outside that I don't want to go there. No, nope. <laughs> we're not gonna make it 0-4. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna turn this thing around. Starting Thursday night. You know, move on to the move on to the Jets. That's where we're at yeah. now. On the Jets. So I think the only one thing left to say, and that's go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care, everyone. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.